Good morning. Oh, it's good to see everybody. You know, this is the weekend where lots of people are celebrating a lot of things. School is out. Okay, now from the parents, school is out. Some groans, I figured. It's all good. It's Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Tomorrow's Memorial Day. We celebrate. We remember. Um, you know, this, this is actually also, some of you may not know, this is actually a weekend that all, all of our Jewish neighbors are celebrating the Festival of the Harvest, which is uh, Shavuot. Okay, I don't know if you know much about Shavuot, but uh, let me, should work here. Uh, Deuteronomy 16 kind of tells you a little bit more about that. But, but this is a day where they've kind of repurposed it to celebrate and remember the day whenever God gave Torah to his people. Uh, that was something that they've been celebrating for years and years and years and years and years. But coincidentally, and not coincidentally, it's also the same day that we celebrate Pentecost. Today is actually also Pentecost Sunday. Uh, This is the day whenever we as Christians remember the moment whenever God gave his spirit to his people. Um, More importantly, I guess maybe more accurately, whenever God released his spirit into the world. Because that was not a nice, um, subtle releasing either. Because if you remember, it was released onto that first group that was in that upper room. You had the apostles, you had the women who were with them, you had even Jesus' mother Mary and all those other ones that were there in the, in the upper room. Uh, the Spirit was released on them and it rested on every one of them like tongues of fire. So I'm sure it you know, made its entrance with a, with a bang. You know, This was the moment whenever we get to celebrate the faith of Jesus Christ, that Jesus not only lived each and every day with us on his mind, but, but he actually had so much faith in God that he willingly gave himself away so that God could share himself with humanity fully. It's pretty amazing what has happened. And since that moment, we have had access to something that those people in the early days would have only thought possible for kings and prophets. Let me say that again. We now have access to something that those people in those early days only thought was possible to happen for kings and prophets. Spirit resting on and in someone. So for those of you who believe in Jesus Christ, For those of you who believe Jesus is the doorway to God himself, that through him all things were made, that by Jesus, every uh, those of you who believe that means that now we are akin to royalty. We're prophets. We are akin in this unique family. It's pretty amazing that we get to celebrate this moment. It's pretty amazing that God gave us Torah way, way back. Torah is the first five books of the Bible, by the way. So praise God he gave us Torah, amen? Praise God he gave us his word that, that continues the story, amen? And praise God that he gave us his spirit so that through that spirit we can understand more. We can see through different eyes and we can fully live into the faith that we have. We can implement it. 
we can actually live through the Spirit the very Word of God. Amen? So that's what we celebrate today. So among all of our other celebrations, remember that. Because this is no ordinary day. Let's pray, and then we'll get into our lesson. Heavenly Father, we are your people. We are thankful for you. We are so humbled by the fact that you would be willing to give each of us the Spirit if we just accept you, if we follow you with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, Lord. Lord, through that, through that decision, through that faith, through the water, Lord, through a life that has been given to you, Lord, you have been able to give us something that you have held so dear for so long, and that is your Spirit. Lord, thank you for that. Help us to remember and help us to celebrate that because this is nothing more than one of the deepest, sincerest acts of love that we'll ever experience. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, today we're starting a new series about heroes. Uh, our hero today um, was not perfect by any means, but I do believe that they exhibit some faith and some things that I think we can still learn from even today. Uh, have you ever known someone like that, people who exhibited strong faith? Maybe someone who was a man or a woman who, um, I don't know, they just seemed like a spiritual giant in your eyes. And maybe there were some people in your life who they were faithful, but there may have been a one or two moments in their life where they chose poorly. You know, those people who, they're a little, it's, it's a little disappointing because they didn't, they just chose poorly. And a lot of times choices that we make, they don't just affect us, they affect people all around you too. That's kind of like the hero today. Um, this person, they did not really ch choose uh, very well in one particular moment in their life. Uh, they had a faith-filled life, as you'll see, but there was a moment when they let the pride in their heart get the better of them. Uh, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 2 today. We only have a few verses that really relate to this particular subject. We don't have a whole lot of detailed information, but I believe what we do have will be able to teach us a few things about our place and our purpose and, and teach us about faith. Uh, so let's look at Exodus chapter 2. So to set it up, we find the Hebrew people in the midst of a terrifying moment. They are a minority in a very prosperous nation. Uh, they are um, a few million strong, but still they were forced into a difficult working condition. So, so Egypt um, was a country that never ceased to work. They always worked. And so these people, these Hebrew people, they were uh, put into this, let's say, early 1900s blue-collar factory difficult culture where there's no, no breaks, uh, there's very little uh, protection, there's uh, no age limit, right? There's no benefits, it's just you are working and barely surviving. That's kind of where the, the Hebrew people had find themselves. And so the Pharaoh noticed that, that these people kept growing. Their numbers kept growing even though they were in difficult working conditions. So he decided he was going to try to do some population control. Um, so I don't know if he'd made this decision unilaterally or if he had a board meeting. I'm not really sure. But his suggestion was to throw all the baby boys, newborn baby boys, into the river and kill them. Right? I guess they could do that back then. Very scary moment. Um, 
One woman in particular had a plan on how to bypass this particular order. So we're going to look in chapter 2 and we're going to start in verse 3. Here we go. When she could no longer hide him, that's, this is mom, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it, in the, uh, laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. There's some symbolism here, as you can probably already see. Uh, Now, in Genesis, we see how God saved the world, saved humanity through an ark, and a small group of people through the water. And here we have a very similar image. You know, the ark was really big. I guess, you know, that's technology, right? It just keeps getting smaller, you know. Um, God here also saves the future of his people through a small ark in the water. But we notice something here. We notice that there is an active bystander kind of watching all of this happen. So Moses' sister is watching from a distance. And I always wonder, is this part of the plan? You know, did mom say, okay, I want you to go over there and watch and just make sure that, you know, Pharaoh's daughter goes and rescues little baby. I don't know if that's what happened. Or did she do this on her own? Mom put her in the water, complete faith, and she just goes and on her own because she's compassionate and courage and courageous and and brave I don't really know there's either shrewd planning here or just have the actions of a compassionate sister regardless the sister is watching from a distance and when he is found by the princess she wastes no time it says the baby's sister approaches the princess approach the princess should I go find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you she asked All right, so at this point, we still don't know the name of the girl, the name of this sister. All we know, she seems to be brave. She seems to be unafraid. And isn't it funny how, you know, those people who are young in years and young in faith seem to have a fearlessness about them? You know, there's there's like, I don't know. I, I was trying to find a video of this, but there's way too many, and they're a little scary to see these little kids just fearlessly doing the things, you know? It was, it just... I remember being a young parent thinking, man, what are my kids doing? You know, it's, it's a little scary there. But there's this fearlessness about people who are young in age and also young in faith. They haven't gotten to the point where they realize they're, you know, they have to be defined by their limitations, right? I mean, how many of us feel like we're kind of defined by our limitations because we, we're not quite young anymore? But for this sister... She considered this boy her responsibility, it seemed. And what she exhibited here was this well of love and faith that God would work this out. This could have turned out really badly for a Hebrew girl to go and approach, walk right up to the Pharaoh's daughter. It could have gone really badly, but it was an opportunity. 
to seize. And that's what she did. She seized it. So uh, the Pharaoh's daughter replied, yes, do go and get one of the Hebrew women. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me. The princess told the baby's mother, I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. It's just a great little story, right? Because, this is what's great. Because Moses' sister uh, exercised this courageous bravery and faith that God was going to work this out, Moses, because of that, would, would forever have a tether and a connection to his people. Right? Uh, he would, he would, for, because of that, he would have a connection to his mom, his father. He would know the God of his mother and the God of his father. And I think that this is important for us even today. When we act on our faith, we provide people also with a tangible tether or a visible connection to God as well. People are really, I believe, looking for a reason to believe in God. They're looking for a reason to believe in Jesus. And I think even people today are less interested in what you believe than why you believe it. Our faith is, is fueled by the why behind your belief. We'll get to that in a little bit. Years later, after Moses runs away, you know, Moses makes a really horrible choice. He kills an Egyptian for beating up one of his Hebrew countrymen, and then everybody finds out about it, and he, he runs away because he's, you know, he's going to get killed. So he runs away. Spends a lot of time in Midian. But when he was called back to help lead his people out of oppression, his sister was there. You know, you don't really hear about her again until they escape through Egypt and they cross through the Red Sea on dry land and then the waters close back up and, and destroy the Egyptian army. You don't hear about her again until then. Uh, Egypt, you know, they've just experienced a lot, of, a lot of loss, but Hebrew people, Israel, they've experienced an amazing, an amazing thing here. So in, in uh, Exodus chapter 15, um, what, what we see is a song about the event. 14 tells us all the facts about it, but chapter 15 gives us this beautiful poetry, this song about what happened so that the people would remember. And then at the very end of that song, you have this little section of verse. It says this, Then Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine and led all the women as they played their tambourines and danced. And Miriam sang this song, Sing to the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. By the way, whenever you see in your, in your Bible text that is kind of indented like this, uh, that's poetry or music. Just FYI, it's one of the genres found in the Old Testament. Now, I'm not really sure what, what Miriam was doing all those years, the Hebrew people were crying out to God. I don't know. My guess is that she continued to exercise her faith. She continued to um, exercise her courage. She continued to, to grow because now, as you see in Scripture, she has a name. It's not just uh, Moses' sister or the baby's sister. It's Miriam. And she also has a title, a title of prophet, something that only a handful of people had 
in the Old Testament, and even fewer women had this title. You have, you have Deborah, you have Huldah, you have Isaiah's wife. Those people in the Old Testament were called prophet. But I don't think Miriam got this title just because of who her brothers were. Miriam was a leader. Her bravery as a young girl wasn't a one-off. It wasn't a one-time choice. So, so hear this, just as God was raising up Moses to watch sheep and to lead people, and just as God was, was raising up Aaron to be the mouthpiece and the voice for Moses to Pharaoh, he's also training Miriam to lead alongside of her brothers. So here, hundreds of years later, the prophet Micah tells his people this word from God and this is what Micah says in Micah 6 4 he says for I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery and I sent before you Moses Aaron and Miriam which is you know this kind of I don't really know how true this is I haven't done a lot of you know research into this but it's neat how the there are three of them how Moses was kind of the power seemed like the faith you have Aaron as the mouthpiece, as the voice, and Miriam is this quiet, nurturing, it's almost like father, son, and spirit. I don't know what they're trying to do here. I, I don't, it may not be right, but but may require a little bit more exploration here of this image that's, that's coming up here. But what this tells me is that Miriam was as much a part of God's plan as Moses and Aaron. And Micah tells us that her participation wasn't incidental, nor was she an afterthought, which means that for 40 years as she languished alongside of her people in Egypt where there was very little hope, she was in this condition that I think would challenge anybody's hope and anybody's belief if God was paying attention. But I think for her it was her faith and the choices she made because of her faith that were the keys to her future and the future of her people which is something that I think continues to be relevant for us even even today so so think about this if you find yourself in the middle of difficulty and I'm not talking about the kind of difficulty where they didn't get my order right kind of difficulty I'm talking about when you're in some of these situations like many of you are things are really tough I mean, you, some of you guys are facing, I mean, y'all are facing hard things. I want to encourage you, when you find yourself in the midst of this kind of difficulty, the difficulty that challenges your faith, challenges your belief, challenges your hope, it is here, in this moment in your life, when your faith and your choices you make because of that faith really matter. And just like Miriam a long time ago, your choices are the key to the present and the future God is preparing for you. I encourage you, be brave, be strong, and keep going because belief alone is not faith. Faith is belief wrapped in action. So in James 2, we are told a little bit more about faith. 
when the author asks the reader, he says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? So faith is one of these elements of the spiritual world that can only be seen when it is actively being lived. A little later, uh, he says, suppose you see a brother or sister and they have no food or clothing and you say, goodbye, have a great day, stay warm and eat well, or we'll say, I'll pray for you, right? But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. People will know you have faith when they see your faith in action. Faith is one of the building blocks for the Christian life but it isn't developed when everything is going well. Anyone's faith can be strong when things are good. It's only whenever faith encounters pressure, difficulty, and that moment when you think in your mind, this could go either way. When your faith encounters that, that's when it begins to take shape. That's when it begins to really take root. Now, I would love it if this were the end of the story with Miriam and that we could say, see, she's great, everything's great. But as is the case with a lot of us, we're faced with moments when we don't really choose very well. So Numbers chapter 12, let's just read what happens in the very beginning of that, uh, verse 12. It says this, While they were at Hazaroth, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. They said, Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? But the Lord heard them. Which is one of the things my parents used to always say. See that verse? God's listening. <laughs> yeah, I grew up really scared about what I was saying. But God heard them. Now some of people have said that Arian and, and Miriam were upset because Moses took for himself a dark-skinned woman. Which I think is a little odd because they were all dark-skinned. Jesus was Jewish, by the way, for those of you who don't remember. Um, they're all dark-skinned, right? Maybe Aaron and Miriam just don't like her. Okay, a modern idea uh, is one we've talked about here. A modern idea is that uh, we really aren't sure of the details, but, but Cush in that day was considered, um, I would say, an upper-class nation. Their warriors were pretty amazing and renowned. Their people were a higher class people. Uh, and if they're this were true, then this is kind of the equivalent of Aaron and Moses, or Aaron and Miriam saying, uh, who do you think you are, Moses, marrying her? You think you're somebody special? That you can marry her? I mean, God spoke through us too, right? He spoke through both of us. Whatever the motivation it was, right? Whatever the motivation, it was Miriam who kick-started this little complaint and gossip session and God heard it all, which, which lets me know and makes me realize that, that even though your faith is developing, it's the little things, y'all, 
the little things that are left unchecked that can wreck your influence. It's the little complaint here. It's the little side eye here. It's the little who does he think he is there. It's the little complaint, the little pride, the little snide remark, the little condescension, the little gossip, it's a little hateful outburst. Left unchecked, these little things take root and grow into big things, and they will wreck you. The rest of the story is that Miriam was punished with leprosy. Now, Aaron, Aaron went through his own punishment, too, and that was pretty significant. You'll have to, to read more about that. But Miriam got leprosy, and in a fit of poetic justice, what happens? She turns completely white. She would have suffered, too, until her death. But Moses, as he always does, intervened. He saved her. So she only ended up having to spend seven days separated from her entire nation. But imagine, seven days separated from your entire nation. Everyone knows what has happened. For seven days, Miriam was alone. I think God taught her some things through that. Miriam is still highly regarded in the Jewish culture, uh, very revered. In fact, her name was the most common among women, even in the days of Jesus. Those women named Miriam, or as we better know them, Mary, are still blessing and influencing us even today. And that, Miriam was punished, should let us know that we are never too old or important for correction. Correction is always meant to help us be be become better. Correction is always from a loving father, which goes to show that no matter who you are, no matter, no matter what God has done through you, no matter what amazing things you've been able to accomplish through your faith, there are still consequences for those who get a little too big for their britches. There are consequences to that. There are consequences for those who start thinking of themselves more highly than they should. So don't think that just because of your position or your status or your history that you can so casually speak against those God has placed into positions of leadership. And don't think you can so casually tear down those people that God is actively trying to build up. Instead, when you get irritated, when you get angry, lean into your faith. Lean into knowing God's going to take care of that. Even though it drives me crazy that I can't see justice or that I'm not getting what I deserve. Lean into your faith and just say, you know what? God has got this. Because just as he has managed things in the past in your life, let him manage things in the future. So be brave, be courageous. And when that moment comes, like it came from Miriam a long time ago, when that moment comes, seize the opportunity to live out your faith and wrap your belief in action. Knowing that even in the most difficult situation, your faith and living it out could actually shape you into someone else's hero. In fact, living out your faith 
could be the only visible connection someone has to God. So today, begin again if you failed. It's okay. We, every passing moment is a chance to turn it all around, right? 